The Road to Enlightenment, a path of spirituality, your companion toward Allah. Radio Islam International, the world is our community. Reports on Sabahul Muslim. The ANC conference is now done and dusted. The leaders elected a top seven. Uh, so the addition of an extra position, but also unorthodox in that the conference hasn't actually concluded. They will reconvene in the first week of January to conclude the resolutions on the policy. The national executive is also elected, 80 members. 87 with the addition of the top seven. We welcome to the program Ibrahim Fakir, who is the director of programs at Asri. Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Nice to chat to you again, Mufsa. Shukran for availing yourself. So, Ibrahim, is Mr. Ramaphosa in a stronger position? Well, according to most of the people who are watching closely, those who are reporting, many of the journalists, uh, many of the other people who watch this very closely, um, they believe he is. And by many accounts, it does appear as if he's in a stronger position after the 2022 conference than he was compared to the 2017 conference. But I have a slightly different view in the sense that while he remains strengthened, he is strengthened, there's no doubt, and of the top seven positions with the addition of the one, it used to be top six, as you say, uh, it seems as if there's one more person in his corner. But, you know, if he had a divided top six in the last time, this time he might not have a divided top seven, but there are at least two individuals who I'd be quite wary about. The first is Paul Moshatile because, you know, no one really knows where he stands. He holds his cards close to his chest. Yes, the Gauteng province was squarely behind uh, President Ramaphosa. And by the way, uh, most of the top seven of the, of the ANC are now from the Gauteng province, believe it or not. Uh, in fact, almost all. But be that as it may, you know, he's one I wouldn't be entirely sure of. The second is people say very glibly that uh, the newly elected Secretary General, Fikile Mbalula, is definitely a Mr. Ramaphosa man. And surely he is. Uh, he has been over the past little while. But he's the kind of political operator who, who I would call goes the way the wind blows. So, so you know, when, when, when the balance of power starts to shift, uh, Mr. Mr. Mbalula will also himself shift. I guess the upside of this is that being elected Secretary General means that you're no longer uh, eligible for a position in cabinet because it's a full-time position, which means that he will no longer be in the national executive or the cabinet uh, in, in in government. So he will probably just be full-time in the ANC. Some people say that's a plus. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily count on him, right? So he is, uh, even maybe in the interim, while you're in power, you can. And then the third person is Mr. Gwede Mantashe. Very, very interesting because he is, of course, and has been a supporter of Mr. Ramaphosa. But there are two things militate against things here. The first is, remember, he is the energy minister and, and one of the ministers involved 
in energy. He has held back because he's in that minerals and energy portfolio, even though he has to work with Profin Gordon in the public enterprises ministry where ESCOM falls under. But remember, Mr. Matashe has always steamrolled the licensing and the regulation of new uh, generation capacity or talking about bringing on and licensing independent power producers to relieve the pressure on the grid to put in more power into the power grid and so on. So he's resisted that. Now, if you shift him out of that portfolio and he wants to remain in that portfolio, you're creating a bit of a problem. That's, that's the first. Unless, of course, he's rewarded with a position better than what he, what he currently has. But I can, you know, it seems unlikely that he would be a foreign minister or a minister in international relations and, and international cooperation. Also, the other option is what? Moving him to be the deputy president? But, you know, if he remains in the portfolio that he is now, he has held back much of the, the potential changes that could have happened because he refused to license any changes. The second complication is, remember, he is someone who is implicated in the Zondo Commission report uh, for state capture, for being a beneficiary of things which happened when Mr. Gavin Watson and Bosasa, that company was involved in, in, you know, peddling influence irregularly. Now, the Zondo Commission report says very clearly that Nomvula Mokunyani is someone who should be pursued, at least actively investigated. Mr. Mantashe has also mentioned in that report, and he has himself said that if uh, there are investigations or if anything of that sort happens, he will take the Zondo Commission report on review to the courts. Now, if any of that happens, uh, what happens with the what happens with the supposedly solid top seven support that Mr. Ramaphosa has. So, I, you know, I think it's a bit glib. I think people have been too glib and simply turning around and saying, oh, no, 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 of course he's got the majority support. And if you look at the composition of the national executive, again, it, yes, it looks like things are tilted in his favor, but there are people on that national executive. One who wanted to be a wannabe porn star. I mean, Mr. Gigaba, who you know, also irregularly fingered in things like state capture and corruption. You have a woman beater, uh, Mr. Mduduzi Manana. You have uh, a perjurer, Batabile Lamini. And then you've got detractors who, you know, who just were didn't like him. And they are back in the National Executive. And they will use the National Executive Committee as a site for political contestation and struggle. Now, it's possible that he might be able to surmount this. It's possible he will then be stronger. And one hopes for the sake of the society that is the case so that a reform and rehabilitation agenda can now be consolidated. But I think it's something we've got to wait to see. I think people are being far too glib about the fact that Ach is just strengthened and 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 he will be able to push his way through. I think we've got to look carefully at what's going on in the base and the nature of the society. If if and if people in the ANC feel it fit to elect some of these people back into the national executive, some in some cases even convicted perjurers, it must tell you something about the nature and the character of the membership who are prepared to elect these people back into leadership. Mm, yes, uh, really thought-provoking. Uh, will we see a cabinet reshuffle soon and the issue of 
uh, Palo Palo, does it just go away? No. Uh, Palo goes away in, in so far as there's a parliamentary sense that in which it goes away. So in the parliamentary sense, remember the Section 89 panel review that the, that was released and the president uh, said he's complying to the court to have it reviewed. But in that period, parliament had a vote on whether they should adopt the Section 89 report, panel report reported on that basis, establish an ad hoc committee to further investigate. Then they would have passed a resolution. Then that resolution would have been debated in Parliament. And if it won with a two-thirds majority, President could have been impeached. Now, that is completely reversed. In fact, the review application to court may also fall away. But let's see how that proceeds. But as far as parliamentary business goes, that matter is now closed. Unless there is a new motion... There's an emotion of no confidence, and there's a whole new impeachment proceeding which is brought about, which will again require the appointment of a new panel, and then the whole process starts again, which could play out over a number of years. But for all intents and purposes, for now, that is off the parliamentary agenda because the vote was defeated. It was a political decision, it was a political move, and that's appropriate because that's how it should be on a Section 89 impeachment process. So it's unlikely to come back. However, there are investigations going on at the Reserve Bank. There are investigations, and that in the, in the investigations at the Reserve Bank are about the nature and character of the foreign currency which was kept in, what the quantum was, and whether it contravened exchange control regulations, and so on. Second is that there's probably investigations by the hawk into, into hawks into what's the proceeds, where do these proceeds come from? Is it a legitimate transaction, and so on. And then there's also the uh, investigations where the, by the SIU, which will follow the trend of, of the other two investigations. So even in those instances, Mufti, uh, if, if there is something, he will likely face censure, he will likely face punishment or fine, but nothing here, even though there may be a contravention of the law or anything else, would imply an impeachment or a fine or imprisonment exceeding precluding you from holding public office. So it's likely that that's how it will pan out if anything comes out of it at all. It may well turn out that nothing um, has transpired, but his political enemies in the ANC will obviously make their life difficult through the proxy in the ATM, probably in the, in the EFF. They will try and sponsor other motions and so on. So again, you know, while he's stronger, to return to your first question, the Palapala thing, while it may have gone away in a parliamentary sense, they're not going to go away in the, in the sense that until the investigations are concluded and there's a definitive finding one way or the other, uh, it will stay and it will haunt him. Look, I mean, the Palapala thing, as I say, is not gone away. It's gone off the parliamentary agenda, but it's not off the agenda completely. The other investigations continue until they definitively conclude one way or the other. You will be susceptible to a fine, but not, 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 not an offense which is impeachable or which precludes him from holding public office. But, you know, whatever the finding, politically doesn't go away because the political opposition will continue to make mileage of it. It will continue in a context of destabilized institutions 
institutions, the EFF will continue to do what it does, perhaps not even allow him to speak in Parliament on occasion, um, and so on. So, but, you know, again, they may surprise us, and they may not, uh, because, you know, the thing was politically defeated in Parliament, was never adopted, so they don't really have a leg to stand on, but who knows? That's, I think, their, their opposition's calculation, at least in the EFF, that that's how they will proceed to go about um, uh, dealing with this. But, uh, you know, it's gone away in the sense that it's not on the parliamentary agenda, but it's not gone away completely because the other investigations go on. That's why it's necessary that it needs to be really speedily concluded. Uh, and at least I think, you know, it behoves him as a person to be honest and transparent about what happened because it remains completely murky, to be honest. Brother uh, Ramesh, Zakumullah Khair for the sobering commentary this morning and also throughout the year, yourself and the team from Asri have provided us with thought-provoking commentary on the issues on the local front. We appreciate your time and we wish you all the best for the holiday period. I mean, shukran and shukran for having us and we wish that you all keep us in your du'as and have a safe uh, holiday season, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, that was Ibrahim Fakir talking to us about the top seven, the national executive and also the Pala Pala issue, uh, a cabinet reshuffle possibly. Uh, those are some of the pertinent issues that may come up in the next few days and weeks.